All right, welcome to the Strange Currencies podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Glenn. Tim, I'm... Damn it. Ah, almost had it that time. Almost. Get Close. It. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting warmed up. It's mm-hmm. only the third episode mm-hmm. of you as a full-time <laughs> member of the podcast, so... It's finding yeah. my feet. Yeah. yeah. But you got to figure it out soon, otherwise we might have an interstitine squabble <laughs> on our hands. Okay, I just started a new <laughs> note on my phone. Things to ask Mike Love when we get him to guest appear. I only have one question. On the podcast. How could you? <laughs> we're, hey... We're 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 gonna. That's what we're gonna work towards. We're gonna work towards getting Mike Love to 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 come, and we are going to like lure him in, and then we're just gonna drop the hammer. We're gonna grill him. We have to learn what the the magic phrase is that sends him back to his dimension. <laughs> I don't know what it would be. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Clearly, he doesn't like the mop tops. So. Right. Mm. So no, but I'm gonna ask Sergeant Pepper. Sergeant Pepper. Sergeant Pepper. I'm gonna ask him what is interstitial. <laughs> Uh, can you define interstitine for me? I want to find oh, yeah. that out. I don't know what he was saying. He'll talk for like 30 minutes. No. <laughs> it's intra-scene within. If anything, yes. Intra-within. We were saying Inter. that it could, he, was, he meant, we were thinking that he meant inter-scene, but no. you're saying that if, if he was talking about squabbles within a scene, it would be intra-scene. Intra-scene. So yeah. even that mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, so there's no defending it, Tim. <laughs> no defending oh, it. I love him. Wait, no, oh, okay. I don't. All right. no, his name is Love. I get confused because his last yeah. name is Love. You're well, supposed to. But. Well, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, have we already just dived in, di- dove in, divved in? Uh-oh. Divved. Speaking of making up divved words Interstices <laughs> dives into <laughs> corrections and revisions from the last episode? I yeah. think everything was correct. Yeah. Um, there, there was one point in which uh, it had come up about Mike Love and paternity suits. Oh. And, oh. and I had kind of... Buckled almost just a little bit. So I looked it up. Yeah, of course he yeah, has. He has yeah, he has paternity suits. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Yep. Good. So that was not a correction. It's just a confirmation. confirmation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We want to address those lingering controversies. Yes, we do. Because we, we do solid work here. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, drinking? I, I made my um, usual pilgrimage to Jamba Juice. Oh, okay. Hmm. So I'm drinking my lunch because... This is Saturday morning for me, but Saturday night for Tim. That's it right. Is. So I'm drinking my dinner. Yeah. Which is today Pelican Brewing, which mm-hmm. I think it might be the debut on the podcast. It I'm is not sure. podcast Ooh. debut, yeah. They're great. They're from the Oregon coast. They are. And Where I, on the Oregon coast? So it's, uh, Lincoln all, City, I think. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because the bottle just says Oregon coast. Um, I don't know. Because they have one. Oh, I thought they had one. It's called something named after Yaquina Bay, but I'm not sure. Uh, but this one, I, I didn't realize it until I had already started drinking it. It's 9% alcohol. Yep. This did is I, their Breaker Double IPA. Mm-hmm. Did I hear a niner in there? A niner. Wow. Niner percent. Wow. Uh, but it's really good. It I'm is just, good. I'm going to take it slow. Okay. Yeah. He's, he said that he takes his giant <laughs> bowl as soon as I he just says, finished the like bottle. Would you like a straw? Yeah. yeah. Oh. I, I think we might even have been able to have heard that uh, mm-hmm. through the mm-hmm. headphones here. Yes. But, uh, no, I, I'm, I'm drinking the same. It, it is good, yeah. Um, and yeah, it has the stamp oh, of approval. I intentionally made a loud noise there. <laughs> I'm celebrating because I'm, I'm uh, well, yeah, interstricing. <laughs> mm, there we go. Celebrating because our last episode was so perfect. It was, it, it so was good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was good. One of our best. All right. All right. <laughs> well, hey. Um, We're modest. Yeah. Hey, hey! did y'all, um, speaking of our last episode, uh, did you all secure tickets to Mike Love? 
coming to Portland. Forgot to... Yeah. Let's recap, remind our listeners of, of this... Other I mean, Mike Love. Maybe, maybe Mike you can Love. maybe you can cue up that one hit yeah, single of his. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm single. not doing okay. that. No, no, no. <laughs> no apparently, yeah, apparently he's coming. Reggae. Apparently he's touring the the reggae reggae Mike Love. Mike Love, um, white guy from Hawaii with yeah, dreads, with dreads down to his like ankles. Yeah, practically, he's coming to the Star Theater in Portland. Wow. Okay. And um, now's our chance. I don't know which Mike Love is worse, but this one, you know, at least we could have a chance to see this guy perform. Wow. Maybe become big fans. Wow. I don't know. We could say we knew him before he was huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he is huge in the reggae community. community. Really? <laughs> no. no. I don't know. <laughs> hey, he's, pl- he's from Hawaii and playing Portland. Did you look at his tour? No. That's a thing I think we, we should investigate at Strange Currencies. It's sort of the idea. And I think some of what we're going to talk about today is... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a name for this, but the, the sort of notion of an almost dead genre... Yeah, I was because I've say. thought about that before. Mm-hmm. Like jazz music post nineteen seventies. Like I, I love jazz up until that point. Like most of the various mm-hmm. you know interstitial <laughs> versions of it. But I don't have a whole lot of interest in in more like contemporary. Jazz. There are a few things. In fact, one of the mm-hmm. things that we're going to talk about today oh, yeah, is, yeah. is a jazz album. But okay. there's like one or two jazz albums a year that I find mm-hmm. myself yeah. kind of interested in. And jazz to me seems like a, a genre that I, I have more or less just, it, it's to me, it's kind of a dead well, thing. I feel I like reggae, reggae is the same way. Like I, I don't very know. much. So like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. The what only the, reggae guys I know are like from the sixties, I think, or seventies. Right. Yeah. 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 So, and, mm-hmm. and even like when Lee Perry died last year, he was still like, I, I mean, he, he was super, super prolific throughout his entire career, but like, he was still one of the, like, if I was going to go see a, a reggae act or whatever. It would have been mm-hmm. somebody like, a legacy act, as yeah. we might call it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and uh, in some ways. And Anyway. Sad thing is, people like tuning into this episode, it's like, new music, 2021. And, but it's not. Yeah, it's not. And, and, and I guess maybe I, I'm just, right now, kind of throwing a little out. bit of a of a, another discussion line for us today. Is mm-hmm. pop music just becoming <laughs> a dead genre Ooh. in that in that way. And, yeah. and yeah. I'm just thinking, yeah. you know, yeah. I do that sometimes. It, it's all going to tie into that article that we read. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so speaking of, uh, yeah, we are referencing an article. We're read. We're cultured. We are. We, we reads. Yeah. We reads the, <laughs> the readings. Oh, uh, another thing, too. Mm. Uh, corrections or, or just sort of contra. We talked about in that last episode that Brian Wilson was reading his speech. Yes. Mike Love was not. And I I had made a mention, like, maybe because he doesn't know how to read. I looked Mm -hmm. it up. Confirmed. Mike Love does not know how to read. He doesn't. He does not know how to read. All right. Confirmed. Yeah. So, hey. It's good. Tying loose ends up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Left and right. Exactly. All right. Well, hey. Uh... I don't know if we've got, we stopped doing listener updates because once you hit a billion, yeah, you're just like, like bragging. Where do, where do so. you go from here? Although, yeah. although Tim, Tim has been slowly um, introducing new listeners. Mm-hmm. You know, he's bringing in, they're trickling in now. Yeah, well. They say the first billion is the hardest <laughs> to get. So I imagine we'll hit two pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, should I tell a little you should. anecdote? Okay, well, I mean, because like. You know, we've played music together before. We, you might call us a band in some ways. Maybe. <laughs> uh, you might. No, like, I had a coworker ask me, I had a coworker ask me the other day, like, you still in a band? Weren't you in a band? And my response was really just, all I could say was, well, yeah, but we don't 
really play music anymore. We really just podcast <laughs> and write articles about Ouch. other people's music. Ouch. <laughs> Which is true. It's the sad state of affairs. Royalty-free mm-hmm. music, people. Royalty-free. Gotta free. love that royalty-free yeah. music. But uh, you know, the result is, I and it was actually a different coworker that overheard this conversation. I I sent her a link to the website and told, and she said she was going to listen to the podcast. So there's right. one more. Hey, there we go. Right. Or is that a hundred? Billions. I don't know what no, the one. This is one more. Okay. Added to the the billions. But she, I'm sure, a million billion. people are going to listen to it based on her Probably, yeah. recommendations, yeah. Yeah. like her circle of friends. exponential growth. So that's like a million listeners. There we right go. There. Hey, yeah. You know, it happens. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, hey on close. that note, let's uh, let's break mm-hmm. momentarily. You're going to hear some sweet, sweet royalty-free mm-hmm. music. All right. You're going to make sure that it's one uh, something that that Tim's playing on. Okay, good. And I don't know about Glenn. Oh, uh, that's all right. I'm not, <laughs> not real. We'll see. But yeah. Uh, so we'll be back in just oh, a minute. Oh, wait. Are you introducing another interstitine squabble? An interstitine mm. squabble, yeah. All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> on the Strange Currencies podcast, uh, digging into a kind of, I don't know, nebulously defined yeah. topic this, this time. Well, but. well here, here's, here, we should set it up because typically right around this time, we would be looking back at our year in music. Typically. I mean, in, these, in the long one-year history of the Strange Currencies podcast. Well, we hey. Did but, we did this once last year. And, <laughs> hey, anyone who's a serious fan of music, something you do come January is you make your New Year's resolutions and you look back at your best albums of the previous year. Come sure. on. Yeah, we're, we're, we, we we're did nerds. awards last year. We had a whole yeah. show. Um, we, so, we invited guests, none showed none up, show. but um, we handed out awards and, and deserving ones. And, and so as we were preparing to do that, we sat down and we looked, I don't know, do you, Tim, do you have like a, a year in music review? Uh, no. Are you, are you Spotify or Apple? Have we Spotify. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Sounds like it's time for an episode of Heroes and Villains. I've been in this town so long that back in the city I've been taken for lost to come. Alright, Heroes and Villains, this is where we discuss the heroes and the villains of whatever it is we happen to be talking about this week, and Glenn just brought up a word that we gotta talk about right we now, do. and that we is Spotify. Spotify. Alright, um, so... Well, uh, it goes without saying here. The villain, Team Neil. Team Neil. Well, Team Neil. Joni Mitchell joined. And joined Team, Team exactly. Joni yeah. has joined. So Team Neil is growing stronger. Mm-hmm. For those uninitiated, what's happened? Oh, I, th- I thought you were going to say for those who are like unfamiliar with who Neil and Joni are. <laughs> no, like, no, 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 no. Find a different podcast. Neil Pert and and Joan Crawford. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Joni Erickson Tata. <laughs> Uh, well, so here's what's happening. Neil Young said, Joe Rogan is spreading so much like anti-science propaganda on his stupid podcast that if Spotify is going to host his show, then they can't have me. Yeah. 
And Joni Mitchell, I think, did the same thing. I know Neil's music is off Spotify now. I'm not sure Joni's is yet. It sounds like it's in the process. Okay. Uh, And so, obviously, Joe Rogan is the villain here. Of of course, because fuck that guy. But Spotify might end up being the villain, too. Yeah, Spotify is is definitely villainous. Mm -hmm. And right now, I'm going to... Look, coming dangerously close to biting the hand that feeds us here. Mm -hmm. I mean, many of our billion listeners are (laughs) finding our podcast by way of Spotify. But fuck Spotify. Uh, really? Unless they take Rogan off. Unless, well, still fuck him because, yeah. like, oh, poor Neil Young's going to have to now give up on his 75 cent royalty <laughs> right. check that he gets every month from uh-huh. Spotify for millions and millions of streams. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, fuck Spotify either way, yeah. but double fuck Spotify right now just because of this. Get that fucking Joe Rogan deplatform the guy. <laughs> Such and an and yeah. so come on, let, I, I, I'm going to issue a call out to to <laughs> others. Neil Young, thank you for for being <laughs> uh, the brave hero here. Joni Mitchell, thank you just first off for being Joni Mitchell, and also for for you know standing up for this too. But among our billion listeners here, let, let's make our our voices heard, and let let's fucking do what we can to get Joe Rogan out, <laughs> so that we don't have to feel quite so gross. About having this great podcast hosted on Spotify. And his fans are going to come after us. Yeah. Do- uh, good. Uh. <laughs> Bring it on, you fucking neck-breathing anti-vaxxer. Oh, neck-breathing? Oh. Yeah, they're the people who walk around with masks like oh. under their chin. They're, they're not even chin-breathers, they're were... fucking neck-breathers. I thought you were combining neck-beard and mouth-breathing. <laughs> no, you know, it, it used to be that, yeah, you'd like insult somebody by calling them a mouth-breather, but now you've got two levels below that. You have chin-breathers who let their noses just hang out. Right, right. Because, oh. you know, apparently they don't bring, breathe through their nose. Yep. And then you got so, neck-breathers... So, so. Who, who, yeah, or even worse. So, yeah, it, there might be a few neck breathers among our billion listeners. And you know what? Stop listening to this podcast, <laughs> fuckers. Um, and, you know, go go yeah. follow Joe Rogan to, like, One America Network or whatever that fucking bullshit is that he's going to end up on next. Oh, so, so anyway, yeah, you're the, you're the villain. Uh, Neil and Joni are, are heroes. Yes. They already mm-hmm. were. Yes. But, uh, yeah. Let, let's let's keep the exodus of artists. I mean, hey, maybe by the time this episode airs in a couple of weeks, we'll have more and more artists solve standing it, up for the, the right thing, and maybe this dilemma will be solved, mm-hmm. and maybe we'll have to address this in, mm-hmm. in next episode. But all I know is that I can still hear Neil Young on my Apple Music. Yeah, so. I mean, I I have all of that stuff yeah. on my own, right. and. Mm-hmm. and I'll continue to That's good. yeah listen to it that way and and Spotify don't make me make a choice. I'll go to Apple Music if I have to, but uh, I don't want to. I, mean, uh. I got all those playlists that I put together for <laughs> for strange currencies that are they got the hooks in you. Yeah, yeah I mean, right. That's uh, yeah. well. I mean, I'll, I'll, yes, I. Yes, I, I have no principles. I'm not going to change my behavior either way. Okay. Well, whatever. Ooh. I, I will. I, I will say um, I was able to review my 2021 in music on my Apple Music. Um, can you review your 2021? Spotify? Yeah, I think they hide it at a certain point. Well, though. yeah, but they do this whole like fancy animation Rap thing where it's like whatever. this is the stuff the, what you listen to the most this year. You listen to the Shags album seven times, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Yeah. What, what was that your number one? I think it was, but I don't know. It's confusing because sometimes it'll say like this was your favorite thing, but then you'll look at it and like it really wasn't that many listens. So I don't know. Yeah, my most listened to song was "I Hear a New World" by Joe Meek, um, and it was like mm. fifteen listens, which is I don't know. That's a lot. I, I guess, guess that is a song, lot. But... I don't know. 
My most listened to song of 2021 was Surf's Up. Nice. Which from version? The, from the Feel Flows. From the Feel Flows. Yep. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the, the actual mm-hmm. album version? Yes. Wait. Let me, I gotta find it now. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think so. My, uh, my number one listened to artist was uh, Francois Hardy. Um, I bought a ton of her stuff on vinyl this year, but didn't have any of it in a digital format. So, uh, Spotify it was. Yeah. I don't know how to find it. Um, you're right. I think they bury it or get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I got an email that said, Hey, you can only view this for another day or two. And then we're Mm going to, you know, make more room for Joe Rogan, um, (laughs) you know, trying to get you to listen to him instead. But yeah, I, I mean, going back, I think you were asking me like if I had a 2020 best of list or whatever, and I've never done that because I hit the wall a long time ago <laughs> and I haven't listened to anything new. I mean, this last year was the only, the only time I'd like, like awaited the release of a new album and listened to it and enjoyed it the year it came out for like years. Yeah. Yeah. So no list unless it's a list of one. Yeah, and I'm even looking back at my 2021 replay, like most listened to songs, and yeah, I mean, Betty Davis, I listened <laughs> to a lot. Uh, some, yeah, a lot of a lot of Beach Boys, some Jay Dilla, yeah, older stuff. Ronettes, a lot of Zamrock on here. So I've went through like a Zamrock phase, and gosh, Ichiko Aoba. But not so, new stuff, though, necessarily. So should we, do we want to talk specifically about what new stuff we did listen to? Just so we have yeah, that out quick. there? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we've never even really exactly defined what it was that we're talking about. But we're talking about, like, just basically the state of music yeah. right now. And sort of wrapping that up in, in a conversation that's taking place of what we did last year. We had a, you know, 2020 best of, you know, awards thing. This year, we couldn't even really do that. And so we're talking really like what was 2021 for us. Level of and honesty. then it's, yeah, yeah we're, we're just kind of letting that drift into a conversation about. About why. About why. Yeah. yeah. And, and so like, I, I know probably you've done this too, Matt. I have, I have like a playlist that I've created of albums that came out over the course of 2021 that I've kind of thrown out there. It's like, I need to check this out. I need to listen to this. And I've got this long, like playlist of albums that I want to explore and I just yeah. haven't really gotten around to it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, same for me. I actually, I don't think I put the playlist together, but I have like a word document yeah. that I do every year. It's like, here's all mm-hmm. the stuff that I have and here's what I rated it and here's what I want to get. And, and that's kind of turned into, you know, five years ago it was, here's what I want to make sure that I buy, you know, and now mm-hmm. it's, here's what I want to make sure I, I listen to a stream and then buy the stuff that I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, this year, yeah, that list just never really got whittled down other than a few things. Like I, I, yeah. I intentionally listened to, you know, probably about eight or 10 records this year, mm-hmm. but in a normal year, it's like 70 or 80 mm-hmm. right. that I do. And, and I just, wasn't feeling it this year. And, and, and it's not it's not for lack of wanting to listen to music. I mean, I I'd listen to music as much or more than I ever have before, but yeah. New music. Yeah, is but what it wasn't about. Yeah, right, right. it wasn't really so much new. It's not like stuff. you've just been like, you know, sitting back listening to audiobooks or watching. No. I, I mean, I, yeah. I I I listen to Joe Rogan almost constantly, <laughs> right. but Well, so what what new music did you actually listen to or buy, I guess? I I was going to say like what's the favorite thing you bought? This year, uh, new or not, 
like on vinyl or something like that? And like, what is your favorite thing that you heard that was new? Okay. So, so for me, um, the, the, my favorite thing that I bought on vinyl this year that was new, um, was the Pharaoh Sanders floating points. Mm-hmm. And I have um, no idea what that is. So Pharaoh Sa- uh, jazz, I yeah. think you alluded, is oh, this yeah. the album you were alluding it, it to? It is earlier? the one that yeah. I was alluding to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's probably the, the best thing that I bought this year. Yeah, um, so Pharaoh Sanders, classic mm-hmm. jazz, jazz um, legend, saxophone. legend. And, okay. and so he's... Um, Spiritual jazz, I mean, late 60s, early 70s is sort of his high point. And this is sort of a collaboration with a group, Floating Points. Yeah, who's um, like a, an electronic artist, like oh, okay. DJ-ish, but like yeah. post-rocky kind of. Cool. So apparently, like as the story goes, I read some article somewhere that Pharaoh Sanders was in his car and he heard something from floating points and it's like oh that's that's good stuff i want to that's cool i I like that and so like they reached out and connected and (laughs) before you know it here is Uh pharaoh sanders floating points and the london philharmonic orchestra yeah it's london symphony london symphony orchestra check that out i like it when uh yeah when like an old artist sort of reaches out and does something new or like reinvents themselves. And sometimes that can be dicey. Yeah, totally. But But this is done Trying something new and like collaborating and yeah, sometimes it can be really bad but like every once in a while it works out. This one is fantastic. It's It's really minimalistic. Yeah, super minimal. Super ambient but it's it's really good. What's his instrument? He's saxophone. Sax? Okay. It's almost Hmm. it's almost as if like the there's these synth beds and the London the Philharmonic or symphony. 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 The symphony. Come on, Glenn. Sorry. Get your shit together. All right. Symphonic. Uh, um, there's this interstitial <laughs> mix here, and Pharaoh Sanders is just like free jazz over top of it. Oh, it's that's beautiful. Cool. It's yeah. nice. Yeah. I should check that out. So I, I think that was my favorite, you know, mm-hmm. new music. Although, um, the new Sufjan Stevens album's pretty good, but oh, he's really? not like a new artist. No, that's yeah. The other thing. Well, but I got that too, and, new I, and I like album. it. Um, yeah, was, and it was sort of like this isn't really quite exactly a new album or new like Sufjan because it's a collaboration yeah, between him and, and um, uh, hold on name yeah. uh, Angelo D'Augustine, but it, it feels like a Sufjan album. It Maybe does. not like the really event is. kind of Sufjan album, say Illinois or Age of Odds or. Carry although, on, think, but it is good. It but is although it, it does kind of have the the narrative with it, like mm-hmm. apparently. So I guess, are you familiar with this one, Tim? I, I've never listened to Sufjan. Oh, okay. <laughs> he is really, really, really good. Okay. Uh, so, so uh, apparently, that was a really vivid endorsement I gave. But I mean, no, he's as mm-hmm. good of a current sure. songwriter. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm going to open myself up to corrections and revisions <laughs> on this one. But I, I understood that, like these two got together for a month and like every day they got up and they it, like, they had like a house in the woods or something. This is my imagination of how uh-huh. it happened. And they like got up in the morning, made coffee and watched a movie. And then the rest of the day they wrote a song based on that movie. Oh, cool. <laughs> like, That's awesome. And so they like wrote a song a day, kind of like a, <laughs> And so, like that's, that's cool. I, I don't know. I think that's what be I nice to be I able to probably. do that, right? <laughs> right. Well, so must, so must be nice. It's interesting <laughs> that we're talking now about this whole idea of collaboration. Is that just like the era of COVID and this idea of 
collaborations are happening and that's well it's actually weird in the era of covid to, to be physically in the same space well, okay, in a well, cabin or whatever right. it actually it's something that sounds a lot more covid and happened years and years ago is the postal service thing mm-hmm. you know right, they right, were like right. sending Distance. things back and forth in the mail right um you'd think more people would be doing that kind of thing right now i, uh, I wonder too how much new music has been recorded over the last year or mm-hmm. two that we're just yet to hear and, and my sure. thoughts on this that's a good point. there's really two reasons for this one People are reluctant to tour right now yeah. or reluctant to even schedule tours just with there being so much uncertainty about stuff. And it's tough, I think, maybe for an artist to justify putting a new record out when the records aren't what's making the money. It's the tour. Right. And so they want to think, all right, I want to wait to put the album out until I can go on tour because that's going to help, you know, mm-hmm. like sustain my career. Um, the other thing, too, is there's just like this massive, massive delay right now in the production of vinyl oh okay and so with that being like mm-hmm. vinyl has now become the most right. purchased physical format of music but projects are like a year out mm-hmm. right now hmm. uh, and this isn't just for for like nobody's like us like big artists are they're having to wait a year almost it seems like to get stuff actually pressed to vinyl Weird. and so because of that i think there just might be this mm-hmm. like flood of stuff because that was kind of my thought like 2020 sucks. Everybody's locked up. But in that, you're going to have like this well of creativity that's just going to flow for the next few years. And that did not happen, at least from my vantage point. I didn't feel like that started happening in 2021. Um, That's interesting about the vinyl. So my only uh, new artist, new album that I listened to is Sloppy Jane. I've mentioned this before. Mm -hmm. The album's called Madison. Uh, It's this uh, girl named Haley Dahl. It's her band. And like she has all these friends. They're basically an orchestra, and it's all very, like, it's very orchestrated. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they recorded the whole thing in a cave, uh, and you can really hear, like, there's one song. I kind of wanted to play some, but we don't have to worry about that. Um, But you can hear, like, water dripping and stuff like that, and it has that whole, like, Brian Wilson sort of reverb effect, but it's all natural because they're Mm -hmm. literally in a cave. Uh, And it's super interesting, but the only reason I knew about it and sought it out at all was because of, like, social media. Like, I follow her on Mm. Twitter, and the previous two albums are, like, kind of weird art rock stuff. And she kept talking about this cave album, cave album, cave album. And it finally came out, and I got it, and it just kind of blew my mind. Uh, But, you know, this we're going to get into this later, you know, when we talk about the article. But, like, kind of tying into what you just said, there's probably all this stuff out there. But, like, how do you even discover it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, in this case, I don't listen to the radio or anything like that. Like, literally the only reason I knew about this was from something that has really nothing to do with music. It's just, like, following somebody on social media. Yeah. So, and but they did put out their record on vinyl, which, and, like, I guess there was a period, like, where it sounded like it was done. Mm -hmm. And then it's, like, it's coming out in, you know, it was done, like, maybe in the summer and it was coming out in November. So maybe that's why. Mm Mm-hmm. But it came out just purely digital at first, and then the the vinyl came out like a week or two later. But yeah. it's yeah, it's on vinyl. I, I will say that one uh, is got a pretty decent rating on on your music. I don't know what the actual mm. score is, but it was at two fifty on their their okay. year end list that, thing, or not yeah. year end list, but just when I did my hey, these are the things I want to get. And right, I heard you mention it, so it's it, I mean, it's, it's at least got some people talking about. Yeah, it, Yeah, it's, which is, it's is got good. some uh, it's getting some praise for sure and like good. the views and stuff. But yeah, that's the only the only new thing. Yeah, I uh, you know I, I had a few things that I'm interested in getting, but I again I haven't just like 
people that, hey, what do you think of the Tyler the Creator mm-hmm. album? I don't know. I haven't listened to it yet. Like, I really liked <laughs> right. his last two. They're both mm-hmm. great. But mm-hmm. just for whatever reason, the reviews when, when that one came out, they were like, this is good, but it's not as good as yeah. Igor. Or, that uh, Tyler so the like, Creator album is on my yeah. 2021 list. But, but again, I just like didn't get around. Like The stuff that I heard was mostly because like my daughter was listening to it in the car. Right. And it's stuff that I'm interested in either way, but like she's really, really into St. Vincent. Yeah, like and, Japanese uh, Breakfast. Japanese she, Breakfast, yeah, Lucy, da- uh, Lucy Dacus. Like, uh-huh. and so I heard those records and they're good. Mm-hmm. I like them. Um, but I wasn't like super, super excited. Like I have enough to where I can build a list around. Right. right but right. All, all three of those records um, were, were good. Um, I have one other new artist is Dry Cleaning. Yeah, that's on my list of stuff to check out, too. I, I did actually listen to that album. I think you and I listened to that, um, in fact, like on a record store. Oh, yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, yeah I, I that one's gotten the, probably the most spins from me. Okay. Um, and I appreciate that. It's kind of like this post-punk instrumental thing okay. with like this... She's reading poetry, mm-hmm. yeah. like almost deadpan spoken yeah. word. You guys need to like start sending me some of these titles because like all right, all right, all right. part of my thing is that since I did hit the wall so long ago and now I have a job where I commute to work and I like to listen to music on the way to work, I'm just running out of stuff to listen to. Oh, Tim. So, hey, we have this podcast that we do. <laughs> we talk about new music all the time. You should like... Uh, you know, don't talk about new music listeners. really ever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my point is, like, uh, I mean, it doesn't even have to be brand new, but... It it's going to take some more effort on my part, but you guys are my closest thing. Even though you haven't really listened to much new sure. stuff either, you're my closest resource as far as people who even know what new stuff is out there. So here's the other yeah. thing, mm-hmm. and I think that's part of this, what this conversation is, is is it's interesting to see how people are finding music. Yeah. And, and I think... Did you, you say it's interesting or interesting? <laughs> I think it's an interesting. Interesting how people... You're the 9%er over there. Um, take another swing of that. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> like, is that a racist uh, motorcycle gang? What, yeah, <laughs> what are you talking about there? <laughs> uh, but like, okay, so for example, I was in class the other day. I don't know. I'm obsessed with this uh, this uh, Spanish folk song, Mexican folk song. Mm-hmm. And so I've been playing it because I have a classical guitar in nice. my classroom now. <laughs> You're like flamenco music. <laughs> totally. I'm wandering around playing these like bolero songs. And so, so like, you know, one of my students like, oh, you know, have you listened to Edie Gourmet? And I'm like, um, no, but I love Julie London. And they're both like. And so then I'm listening to like these trio los panchos and I, hmm. then I dive into rate your music. And hmm. so now I'm looking at old bolero stuff and you know, I'm, I'm, I've got like this, um, and then I come across Nat- Natalia Lafourcade. Yeah, yeah, who we mentioned last year in our right, wrap up. which I totally forgot about because hmm. usually that's where I get from y'all mm-hmm. is like, what are you guys listening to? And but I'd never gotten around to her, and then I see her again, like randomly after looking at Julie London mm-hmm. and this this like you know lounge. 1960s bolero bossa nova type stuff astrid gilberto so like you know last time we were out vinyl shopping i got a couple of bossa nova albums like mm-hmm. there were some stan Getz and some nice um um Jao gilberto albums that i picked up and so like i've been kind of into this international um you know ranchero thing <laughs> yeah and well, it's kind of huh. eased around and then Nat- natalia lafourcade had had it a new album this year in 2021 and you know it's yeah it's fine yeah and not to divert because I, I do want to come back to this thought is 
I've been discovering. It's not like I'm sitting around listening to the same stuff that I was listening right. to before. Exactly, it's just my, my discovery point. right now is of old stuff. Right, and I think uh, okay. that that diverts a bit from what the article mm-hmm. is that we're going to be talking yeah. about is discussing. But, but I think it's I, still I'm with Glenn, and that yeah, my my interest in finding new music isn't what's what's weak. It's just new as in new coming out this year right, yeah right. it's, it's mm-hmm. new to me like here we are right now we're we're you know this podcast is gonna um air in february we're, but right now in real time we're wrapping up numero month right i mean this is a, a whole record label that is just devoted to reissue stuff and, and, and discovering I made the claim, old and it, new yeah, music st- yeah. stuff that just kind of got missed the first time around by, right. by the general public and, um, you know, I made the, the claim in the last podcast that they're the best record company in America. And people with far more, you know, clout or credibility than me have said this. But that's kind of the state of affairs right now is mm-hmm. that, that you have music lovers who are, are even willing to say the best record label in America right now is isn't even putting out new music. Right. It's a reissue. Huh. Yeah. Right. Well, so that's the other that's the other thing is part of that because there's this vacuum with this like you know, vinyl, um, not, you know, releasing new music yeah, now. Yeah, and they're so, still putting projects out. Yeah. Reissues are doing yeah. it. Uh, I, I, I find it interesting that most of my little, you know, you get like a hankering for like a good carne asada burrito. Yeah. Right. Or like I've gone through like a, a hot wing phase where mm. I just need to find the perfect hot wing. Yeah. Like, are uh, we going to have to go to fire on the mountain? Oh, <laughs> Yes. All right, I got to call my wife and tell her I'm going to be late. Uh, we, we really need to start like angling for more uh, sponsorships <laughs> by, by good local you know, breweries and restaurants and stuff. So, hey, fire on the mountain. There Fair we go. Stuff. All right. I mean, I'd like to walk in there once a month and, and get a free plate of nachos. Right, but don't you do that, though? You, have, you go through like, like everywhere you're just craving this one thing. So I've gone through these fit musical cravings. Mm-hmm. And so like... I went on this Zam rock and so like I was listening yeah. to all of Good this stuff. like music from Zambia and so mm-hmm. I was you know digging up uh, uh, all these things going on Rachel music well, we wanted to go on this later but you you know you're right you're right well but mm-hmm. but and and so then you know we did the our tropicalia yeah. um uh, month was that in 2021 all, all of those were yeah, yeah. Well, yeah so, we did we had Brazil month we had uh, you know like mid-century kitsch and yeah like that was us. Diving into first off, some sometimes celebrating things that we already liked, but diving yeah. deeper into genres that we were really interested in, right? And that's sort of become our thing, which is what you know, Strange Currencies is sort of reflecting what we're either discovering or rediscovering or celebrating in real yeah. time, I guess. And yeah, that, that's sort of the thing. Like you know, you mentioned the the uh, Zamrock stuff, and I had little knowledge of any of that, but yeah, for me, it was like I would rather sit around and listen to these witch albums than yeah. than like a hate to say it but like i'd rather listen to to like that witch album than the really kind of disappointing slater kenny record that came out this year <laughs> oh. which i heard once and i was like eh, oh yeah i never even okay. listened to it huh. better it, than the all, previous right. one no actually it's no? not huh. uh, like i thought the previous one because janet was at least on the previous one yeah i didn't even so listen to the previous one. one either but like yeah mm. or i'd rather listen to uh a uh, uh, friend of the podcast, Trevor, was talking up oh, uh, Exuma, yeah. which is amazing. His first album is just phenomenal. It's like, yeah, I I, I want to listen to this other than, like, again, disappointing new Modest Mouse record that mm-hmm. was just kind of, eh, it wasn't awful, but it was just kind of there, you know? Hmm. So I think some of it is, is uh, there's just so much other stuff out there to discover sure. that pulled me out of my comfort zone, out of my wheelhouse of, like, you know, white yeah. guys with guitars, which is, you know, what I grew up on. 
but it's also that just some of the the old standby artists are kind of I mean they're look, uh, the mm-hmm. two groups that I just mentioned Portland groups now mm-hmm. I mean yeah, now they less. are yeah. but um, like they're 30 plus years into their careers now mm-hmm. so we shouldn't be expecting yeah. those artists to be like carrying the the torch for what's going to be great and new in music but mm-hmm. and this is where you know like I sound like a fucking boomer but it's like it'd be nice if there were these newer artists that were doing something that was exciting and, yeah. and, and interesting and hmm. well hey but that, that hasn't happened like a lot of those you know what are now legacy acts are not really um uh, they, they haven't had their places taken i guess by another generation hmm. of, of bands and even some of the the newer bands like I'm, I'm really into parquet courts. I don't know if mm-hmm. either, yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. know them, but like even their new record last year, it was fine. But I listened to it a couple times mm-hmm. and moved on. Um, well, like Natalia Lafourcade, even her thing is kind of like a throwback to like traditional, and mm-hmm. even like dry uh, dry cleaning yeah. is mm-hmm. kind of a post punk like interesting Patty Smith a little bit of a right. tie into that article. Um, I was just gonna say that like, well, it sounds like you matter have been like trying to discover. Things that are new to you, but maybe, you know, from the past. Yeah. Uh, my problem, like you know, what I mentioned, right, I've sort of run out of stuff to listen to, is that I tend to just retreat to things that are really familiar and comfortable and that I love, but then it's like, how many times can you listen to Come On Pilgrim or whatever? Mm-hmm. I'll uh, let you know when I get there. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, my only, like, I don't do a lot of record shopping anymore. The only things I've gotten this year were, like, this really nice reissue of It's Spooky. By Daniel Johnson and Jad, Jad Fair. Uh, and it's great. It's got a little floppy with, um, oh, an unreleased single. It's uh, I Live My Broken Dream. Wait, wait, wait. A floppy disc? Um, a floppy record, like, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like... It's ones that used to come in, like, newspapers. Right, so. right. Okay, nice, it's nice, like nice, plastic, yeah. and it's yeah, only yeah. got grooves on one side. Um, so there's that. And then I got this, like, post-punk band that I like uh, called Red Monkey, their album, uh, Gunpowder, Treason, and Plot. I bought, like, this super limited edition version of the album on vinyl that's numbered. It's like number five or something. <gasps> uh, it was $5 on Discogs because it, it has like a stain on it and stuff. Oh. <laughs> and they used to like, this is just like a cardboard. They like recycled another, another album cover right. and like turned it inside out and like pasted the cover on. It's like very, yeah, yeah, yeah. very indie uh, right. punk rock. And uh, <laughs> they were like giving it away or selling it at their first, during their first U.S. tour. And, and they numbered them. And it was just... It's not like a real sought after thing, but it's like a cool artifact. Yeah. So I got that, uh, and I bought that on CD too, because like it's just a really good album. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I'll, I'll tend to retreat into things that I know and love rather than seek out anything new. And that's what I that's what I want to change. Like, because I do like discovering new things, mm-hmm. but it's just it takes that little bit of effort yeah. and a little bit of you know searching around for it. Sure. So. Yeah. I mean, well, like we did two podcasts last year. One was on the Beach Boys right. Feel Flow box set. One was on the Radio Hit, Radio Hit, Radio Heat. I can't talk today. <laughs> uh, Kid Amnesia. But uh, but yeah, it's like, uh, I sometimes I get more excited for those kind of things mm-hmm. than the new album by some a group who has a track record that I, you know, like. Or by a new group who yeah. hasn't yeah. put anything out. And, yeah. and that's the thing that bugs me, I think, more than anything else. I mean, do I get annoyed or do I get sort of down when I know, oh, there's a new Dinosaur Jr. album that came out a year ago and I've never even listened to it. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, it's like, I should be more interested in wanting to hear that. But the thing that, re- 
40 years into their career. Yeah, like, I mean... You know, I'd maybe rather go see them live than, you know, be excited about a new album sure, or whatever. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like, just where are these new artists taking the place? And I'm looking mm-hmm. through my list of all this stuff that I wanted to listen. And there's a few. There are a few newer artists. Um, like, the number one rated album on, on um, Rate Your Music this year is by Little Sims. Yeah, yeah. And her, her last Sims. record, I think, is two or three years old now. I really enjoyed that one quite a bit. But I haven't even listened to the new one because I wanted to buy it because it's been like highly rated ever since it came out, but it's not available right now on vinyl. So I've just been like, all right, well, I'll wait and, until I see it out mm-hmm. there. But uh, You haven't but, even listened to it? No. Oh, it's no. good. Yeah, I, it, it sounds like it's going to be right up my alley. Yeah, but, but, it's got again, like Warren Hill vibe. Cool. It's, uh, okay, anyways. But anyway, yeah. Um, so we've established then that we, we struggled with new music this year. And so what we're going to do when we get back, because that was a really long segment, <laughs> um, we're going to talk a little bit about why we think, I guess, some of this is the case. We've already you know, shared some of our thoughts on this, at least, mm-hmm. but we'll, we'll hear from, from another source here momentarily. So we'll be right back. decided to come back in with some music because I had mentioned Exuma. This is so good. It's, it's awesome. Wait, wait, so he's, he's, he's uh, from the Bahamas? Yeah. I was going to say that this is the kind of stuff I like where it's like, I don't know, just a lot of just percussion going on. Very rhythmic. This is very like bluesy in the sort of vocal delivery. And I actually do think he sounds like Rod Stewart, but not in a bad way. <laughs> okay. I'll, I won't kick you out. Uh, but some of the stuff, like I've, I was talking during the break about listening to, you know, basically public radio. And sometimes you'll see, you'll hear a show where they focus on music from around the world. And like, I remember one group was from Ethiopia and it was kind of like similar vibe. And you were talking about Z- Zambia. Yeah, Zamra. And, and I love, uh, like I never really got into Afrobeat, like Nigerian yeah, stuff, but Fela but Fela yeah. specifically, yeah, I, was gonna I say, like a lot. I, was, I thought you were into Fela. I'm, I'm very into Fela, but I've never you know, gone beyond that, yeah, beyond right. him. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's, well, you that sounds good. Because exactly. yeah, yeah. then there's like this whole like through a lot of it where it is just keeps the ambient background stuff. Mm-hmm. Like his one song transitions to another. Oh, cool. Yeah. Which I, I love that whole idea of like music that's always in a transitional sort of state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's a great album. Great album. Yeah, see, that, that's the other thing, even, like, as radio, I, you know, I, I don't know the last time I listened to the radio. For me, it wasn't intentional, but, like, the last time mm-hmm. I intentionally listened to the radio was probably still in the 20th century, mm-hmm. like, where I turned on the radio, I was like, all right. Sure. Well, I just haven't been commuting, so, like... Right, that's a big part of it. Yeah. Um, but, for, I mean... I commute, but there's There's a major difference between commercial radio and public radio, though. Like, all... Yeah. The way my car is set up is I have like, I think there's like five slots and I have 
you know, OPB, uh, X-Ray, mm-hmm. KBU, the jazz station, the classical station. Those are all publicly funded, yeah. no commercials. And then at the very end, I have KGON, which is like, you know, FM, classic rock. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, I want to just see what they're playing. And it's always like the same three songs right. or whatever. It's ZZ Top or something stupid Light like that. Light my fire. <laughs> Ooh, mm-hmm. I would leave it on if that yeah. were the case. <laughs> uh, Hotel California. Ooh. <laughs> uh, but so like, And you can go your own way. I do listen to go. the radio sometimes, but it's just not... You know, it's not like top 40 or whatever the hell. I hate FM, like commercial FM radio. Mm-hmm. It's just obnoxious. The commercials and yeah, like... We're so and old. I guess we'll, we'll, we're so well, old. I mean, I've been this way since I graduated high school, yeah, basically. So. Yeah. Where I grew up, we didn't have good public radio, mm. really. But I, I guess, yeah, maybe had I grown up in, in Portland, then it would have been... a lot of options a, here, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We didn't even... I don't think NAU even had a campus radio station mm-hmm. by the time I was there, which is... Uh, and maybe I'm wrong on that. I had a know, show but. at the college radio station in Southern Oregon in, in Ashland back in the day. That was fun. I got a lot of like, you get a lot of promotional CDs come through the studio. So mm-hmm. like I did discover some stuff there just because like, hey, look at this CD. I'm going to either, you can take it home or like make a copy or whatever. Yeah. I think that's where I discovered Red Monkey actually. Uh, that's good times. I had a radio show in college too, but I just played old big band stuff. Nice. Yeah. It's just like Camp Ellington. And, <laughs> yeah. And some uh, some cherry poppin' daddies every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> the real stuff. No. Well, hey, uh, so we just kind of eased our way back into this. Glenn, you said you had a song that you wanted to play, right, so can, I'll, I'll indulge you here you find uh, it? in this section. That well, uh, I hope, I hope, yeah, maybe we'll air. I don't know. We'll see. We may not air this. What this am is, I looking for? It's Aldemaro. The track is Pajarillo is the first track. It's just like. It's South America. I A L D E M A R A R O. I have a few different Aldemar. There's an Aldemaro Romero. El Fabuloso. Uh, El Fabuloso. Okay. And what's this, the that's song? That's the album. Yeah, Pajarillo, track one. I hope it like. I hope it goes right into it now. Is this it? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, this guy with a sitar on the front. Of the right? It has a little bit of rockapella vibe. <laughs> it does. I love right? it. Right? Yeah. It does. You rockapella. That's funny. <laughs> I mean, it's really like two instruments and a bunch of voices, or at least two voices. What year is this from? 1971. Nice. It's almost like something that would be in a Wes Anderson movie, but it's a little little too too much, I think, for that. But it's the kind of thing he might put in. I don't know. Um, But there's just like wild stuff like mm -hmm, this out there that you've never really. Uh, Yeah. If we're playing songs, though, I do. We're gonna have to cue up this Sloppy Jane song. All right. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Um, New music, I guess. See, but that's what I'm saying. Like, something like that is like totally out there and different mm-hmm. than something you might find on right from the new modest. Well, and this is a good example. If you have, if don't let me know when you have the album up. It's the, the song called Bianca Castafiore. It um, and this article mentions this too. Like things that sound like older things mm-hmm. because they fit into like something that we're already familiar mm-hmm. with. This has. Uh, kind of Brian Wilson smile vibe. It's all instrumental. It's these vocals, but they're a little bit wilder and like 
and exaggerated. I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but yeah. it's a little bit more. It's grating. Yeah. There's like a dissonant quality yeah, 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 to yeah. it, like not literally, but just like. It's almost like a haunting. Yeah. It's yeah. a little bit more ghostly or something. I don't know. And this is a this is also the song where you can like. If you listen to the quiet parts, you actually hear like water dripping and stuff like that because they're in a cave. But it like, it reminds you of that sort of experimental Beach yeah. Boys era. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like it's new, but it's familiar. It kind of has that kind of. Yeah. Um, it taps into some of those. Right, right, right. And it's a little out there. <laughs> yeah, I like it. But I like that. Yeah. Yeah. See, like, when we say new music, sometimes we need something just, like, just out there, like, different, something. Yeah. I don't should know. We, do we want to take a little mini break before we, like, dive into the article? Because I kind of yeah, feel like... Yeah, that, that should probably start in its own segment. So. I want to sort of summarize the article and, like, mm-hmm. tie it into kind of what we're talking about. Ah, yeah, let's, let's do that. Do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Uh, I, I won't do a bit here, I guess. This is the Strange Currencies podcast, and I'm Tim. I'm the only host. Um, nice to see you again, people. Okay, that's kind of a bit. Yeah, I was going to say, that, that's totally a bit. All right, well, <clears throat> we're back. Uh-huh. We just You just heard from all our sponsors, uh-huh. and now it's back. Uh, time to do the show, more uh-huh. of the show. We're going to talk about... <laughs> An article. <laughs> that was awful. Real natural there, Tim. Real natural. Segway. Just right uh, in. You, you said you used to have a radio show. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, it was highly entertaining. An emphasis on used to. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Got canned when I dropped out of school. Wait. Uh, anyway, so part of, like, I think this is sort of the backbone of this episode in a way. Like, we've all read this article. It's called, Is Old Music Killing New Music? It's in the Atlantic. It's like, it came out last week. Sent to us uh, by Strange Currencies contributor George Budney. Thanks, George. Thanks, Thanks George. Appreciate and that. it's the kind of article, it's by a guy named Ted Gioia. Yeah, or it sounds made up. Gioia or something like that. Um, look him up. He's funny looking. Uh, he's got a mustache and he's really old. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> kind of Again, real, you're real, sitting real, over there with that got a real gorgeous bad haircut. quaff of hair. Come on, Tim. You, you just think oh, he, you can he, make fun of everybody else's appearance. He's got a, a I mean, he's got a mop of hair, too. It's okay. just like, All right. it's All right. it's as bad as my haircut, essentially. But um, anyway, the article, it's it took me, I had to read the entire, I mean, you should read the entire article anytime you're reading an article, but I'm just saying it took me until the end to understand his point. So yeah. what he starts out with is by saying, by pointing out, you know, using like sales figures or and streaming numbers and everything, is that old music is like outdoing new music in terms of like how many people are listening to it. So instead of people 
buying new music. They're just kind of listening to the police and stuff like that. And, and buying that stuff. And too. buying that yeah, stuff. Yeah, like they're spending their money on old music, right. not just listening mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. And so at the beginning of the article, it kind of sounds like he's saying, oh, poor record companies. But by the end, what his actual point is, is that the record companies are fucking up and they're missing an opportunity because they're they're playing it safe and they're just kind of, they're buying up all these old catalogs mm-hmm. like Bob Dylan most recently, I think. Uh, I know Bowie, I think that happened with his stuff. And they're not really focusing on new music because they know people will at least buy and listen to the stuff that they're familiar with. Yeah. And they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot by doing that because... Obviously, if you look at the numbers, the interest is just dwindling and dwindling and dwindling. And he talks about the Grammys, which are bullshit. But yeah, yeah, that was one. Yeah, but his point is like they had like 23 million viewers in 2020 or something like that, or 19, and then the next year they had like eight million viewers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And so people are obviously like just less interested in what's coming out of the major labels and like what the record industry is sort of presenting to them. Uh, But if they would just like his kind of theory is that if, if they would just focus on stuff that's new and interesting and unique, that might actually get people's attention and make them, you know, give them more money. And this industry that a lot of people rely on for their sort of livelihood could yeah. continue to go to, to plug along like they had been, but they're just kind of screwing themselves over by, by being afraid to take that risk. To me, one of the big points of it is that instead of building careers, mm-hmm. record labels are just capitalizing on careers that are long since over. Right. And those careers that they're capitalizing now would not have existed if mm-hmm. record labels 40 or 50 years ago had not invested in those artists, yeah. you know? And I think that's an interesting point because you, like a lot of great artists, their first albums are just kind of, eh, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. We, we love the Beach Boys here, but their first album's pretty mm-hmm. shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, we love the Beatles here. Their first album, is, all right, it's pretty fucking great. But still, <laughs> like compared yeah. to what they would do, yeah. right. it's very, you know, embryonic, right? And the idea is, I think in a sense, that record labels are looking to what, what can they do to make money, which, of course, they're a business. Yeah. They have that right to do that. But rather than taking that sort of long-term approach that they might have been taking, say, even maybe 20 years ago, mm-hmm. they're instead looking to sort of cash in on yeah. whatever capital they already own right. and can make sure. money and just sort of regenerate profit rather than mm-hmm. building that sort of like sustainable set of new artists and careers. Yeah. I mean, there's a, like, there's a def- direct parallel um, between this and like the movie industry where like studios, they don't want to take a risk on something original and, and like a fully unique property. They're, they've got all these old IPs that they know will make money even if they're bad. And so they'll reboot an old series or do a sequel or a prequel rather than take a chance. What? Sharknado 12. Cinderella, but with sneakers. (laughs) (laughs) It's a real thing. Really? Wow. See, yeah, I wanted to make a comparison to the movie industry, Mm -hmm. but one, I don't know the movie movie industry as well, but Mm -hmm. two, then when he brings up the Grammys in there, Mm -hmm. it really set up like a disconnect because to me... Like I'm not a movie guy. Like I know the classics, and but I don't follow new movies. And mm-hmm. we were talking about French Dispatch upstairs, mm-hmm. and like I follow Wes Anderson just because you know 20 sure. years ago I fell in love with Rushmore and Royal mm-hmm. Tenenbaums, and and so I've you know re- retained an interest. But to me, like the Oscars, mm-hmm. the best film of the year often goes to like a, a critical favorite, right? Right, like mm-hmm. a, a movie that wasn't like even on the radar of most average moviegoers. Yeah. 
But then you look at the Grammys. Yeah. All right? oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and here is the list. Contest. Yeah. Here's the list of album of the year nominees <laughs> for the fucking Grammys Taylor Swift. last year. Well, so she won it. Yeah. Um, this is album of the year, which is, has always been like the, you know, the coveted last prize given. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift wins it for folklore. Okay. Then you've got, I don't know. Uh, Jean Ico, that sounds like it, since I don't know what it is, it might actually be kind of interesting, I don't know. Um, but you've got Black Pumas, I don't know. Mm, yeah, not bad, I have it. You you have Coldplay, mm-hmm. Everyday Life, nominated for Album of the Year, a mm-hmm. Coldplay album in, in 2021, nominated for Album of the Year. Um, I don't know what Jacob Collier is, you've got Haim, they're okay. I don't know what Dua Lipa is. I know. I mean, I've Dua seen the name. Right, but right. Yeah. I know Hi, I'm more for, from Licorice Pizza than yeah. the music. Post Malone. Like, mm. okay. You even have, like, the Grammys were set up mm-hmm. to do the total Grammy thing and do, like, the grandpa, you know, classic Grammys. Because in 2020, you had legitimately great albums that were released by two, like, Grammy darlings, Fiona Apple mm-hmm. and Bob Dylan. Huh. The Fiona Apple album was was just fucking brilliant. Yeah. A great, great record. And then even like, no, we're going to nominate fucking Coldplay instead. <laughs> like, are you fucking serious? Yeah. And I, I don't know. It I, just seems like they're, yeah, they uh-huh. are all about a popularity contest. Oh, yeah. Whereas the Oscars, the film industry at least tries to take yeah. itself seriously got- once a year and be like, we're gonna nominate some mm-hmm. weird artsy film, yeah, and then yeah. people are gonna complain when it, you know, <laughs> when it wins, and all the you know Marvel blockbuster wins is like best special effects or whatever. Right. But the music industry is like, no, we're just gonna fucking nominate Coldplay, or we're gonna right, get right. Beck Album of the Year mm-hmm. in whatever year it was for like that. What was that? Morning Phases or I don't whatever. Know Beck anymore? Yeah. It's just like, eh, yeah, album. And plenty because of we are, never acknowledged him when he was great, but now, right, right. Yeah, now yeah, we're yeah. gonna like retroactively be like, oh, we've always loved Beck. We're gonna give this middling, boring album yeah. album of the year. I don't know how. Oh, I was gonna say plenty of people are you know um, cynical about the Oscars too. I have some na- naive like uh, they, they've got their problems, lo- like certainly. loyalty like, to to that because, like you said, like good stuff does get nominated. But anyway. Uh, I don't know how the machinations behind the Grammys work. Like, I don't know how much money is actually changing hands or what it is, but it's it's definitely not merit-based. Yeah. I mean, like, plenty of people love Taylor Swift, and I'm sure her stuff is good. Like, it's that sort of fun pop music, whatever. But, but you know, she's also, like, the best-selling artist or whatever probably yeah. right now. So it just has to do with that. Yeah. And, and I think it's part it's because they want to sell albums and they want people to watch the, the award exactly. ceremony. Yep. Get good ratings and all that shit, you know, and their advertisers. Which are is what they do. I mean, again, even though there were only eight million viewers last year, yeah, my yeah. daughter and her friends were all watching because Taylor Swift was right. performing. And but and, and like I said, they're bullshit. And like, yeah, when like I said, I wouldn't really get to this guy's to be on his side until the end of the article. Like when I was going through the midsection, yeah, I saw like, well, who cares about the fucking Grammys? But yeah, his point is that like that horrible system is is not even working anymore yeah i I guess what i would say is i can see a a movie lover watching the oscars every year and probably Mm -hmm. rolling their eyes at least when certain awards are given Mm -hmm. but a real like music lover does not give a shit about the grammys let's just establish that somebody who really Mm -hmm. truly loves 
music. Yeah. Who follows it and lives and breathes it mm-hmm. does not give a rat's ass about the Grammys. Right. And and the question is, I guess, have they ever? I don't know. I don't know. Like I remember when I was like eighteen or whatever, being super psyched that uh, Radiohead was nominated for OK Computer because, like, all right, what? Here's like legitimately the the best album of my lifetime. They, they nominate it, and of course Bob Dylan wins for Time Out of Mind, which is a really good album. But let, let's be honest, those are not equal records. And then, like three years later, the Grammys are like, all right, well, we'll nominate uh, Radiohead again for Kid A. Again, fucking brilliant album. What one album of the year that year? Fucking Steely Dan. Like this, <laughs> Are like, you serious? Wow. era Steely Dan album beats out Kid A Jesus. for album of the year. It's like, wow. how out of touch yeah. are wow. you? So, uh, like, I don't know. I, I just don't know that music fans are ever sitting around right. looking at the Grammys. So that was, yeah, that was the point of contention maybe that I had with the article of the problem is reflected in the Grammys. Because I think they've always been a joke. But uh, I think beyond that, there are a lot of like valid points that come up in there. Um, I mean, his main focus is that there is a lot of good new stuff out there, but people just aren't, aren't, which he never actually says. Yeah, I know. But you know, but people aren't discovering it because it's not being really made available or it's not being, it's almost like he's saying it's not being shoved into their face by commercial radio Mm -hmm. or, or, or nurtured. Yeah, it's, that's right. That's right. how he uses that Here's term. The, quote. The, the problem isn't a lack of good new music. It's an mm-hmm. institutional failure to discover and nurture it. Right. And, and yeah, and promote the right stuff, too. Because mm-hmm. here's the mm-hmm. thing. I mean, we'll go back to you know, the industry. If we call the industry, you know, the inner circle, the Grammys and like Rolling mm-hmm. Stone and stuff like mm-hmm. that, the entrenched you know, establishment. The entrenched establishment over the course of... Uh, let's stick with rock music. Because that's, I think, our mm-hmm. wheelhouse yeah. for, for the three of us. Who is the entrenched establishment really kind of pushed as the great rock band of the last 20 years? Like, who's most present in the culture? Present in the culture? Yeah. The last 20 years? Yeah. 20 years? Like, who do you hear about all the time? Who, who gets nominated for Grammys all the time? Uh, you I mean, too? I have no idea. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, Foo Fighters? Exactly. Uh, The Foo Fighters. And and I I made a derisive remark about them last episode. I'm going to do it again. (laughs) That is the most fucking boring band ever. (laughs) There are objectively worse bands, for sure. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There are much worse bands than the Foo Fighters. But my God, is that band boring. I don't even know. And and I have to give Dave Roll credit for at least finding relatively interesting ways to present the world's most boring music. (laughs) And he seems like a super nice dude. I would hang out with Dave Roll any time. But my God, the Foo Fighters are fucking boring music. I just know like five or six of their songs that were big at some point, yeah, and, but and way like in ever, the past. Everlong is actually a pretty good song. I hate Everlong. I always hated that song. I, I think there's at least something going yeah. on with that one. There, there's some in, oh, intrigue. Well, the reason I hate it is because like I was a big Nirvana fan, and then yeah. that first album came out, and they had some uh, that I don't know you anything song. I don't know. They they had yeah. some like oh, I'll stick around. Yeah, they had some good stuff, and then you know, and I was still like, oh, you know, they this song doesn't rock Everlong. You know, yeah. Well, so you know the song "My Hero," right? Yeah. Everything that they have done since then, to me, mm-hmm. that I have heard is like a a lesser version of that. Okay. It's always like this. Trying you to got be, it, right? You yeah, know, yeah. positivity, big anthemic. It's just so fucking trite and boring yeah. and, and cliched. But yet, like that's been. I mean, it only took Glenn fifteen seconds or so to say, "Oh yeah, Foo Fighters." 
But that's been who's like kind mm-hmm. of put out there is this here's the standard of rock and roll music over the last twenty years. <laughs> the and, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, yeah, like yeah. like groups like that will put an album out and they get like a four star rating in Rolling Stone or like they get you know best rock album nominee from the Grammys and it's mm-hmm. like okay cool, but I, I think that speaks to that idea of labels and the industry, the establishment, they're not nurturing and creating these new careers of actually interesting new artists. And I think people get that pretty quickly. If they find out that they're, I don't know, really into music, they quickly move beyond Mm -hmm. whatever it is that the industry is trying to sell them. And that brings it into the point of the article of Mm -hmm. old music is killing new music. I don't, I mean, I I blame the industry to a degree. Well, I, I blame artistry to a degree. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I don't know, like what the solution per se is there. Well, his his argument, I think he's fully blaming the industry, and he his um, optimistic his hope at the end is that you know something new, some new movement, some new revolution in music is going to happen, but it's going to happen by other means. And mm-hmm. he talks about like. Things going viral, you know, through social media, uh, that kind of thing. But like, it's gonna. He seems to think it'll get out there one way or the other. But the industry isn't know. gonna be. We but but that but that stuff happen. is so right. fickle. Like, I'll, yeah, I'll use yeah. an example there. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, no children by the Mountain Goats. Like, blew up over the course of the last few months because oh, it's really? like this huge TikTok song. Okay. But it gets you know millions and millions of streams on on Spotify. Mm-hmm. But John Darnielle's probably made about five bucks. Well, that. people don't necessarily. Listen to the album. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. the 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 kids mm-hmm. who are what I don't know what even you know the trend is that that song is tied to, but I doubt they're going out there. Yeah, at least a lot of them, and like really investigating right, right. the Mountain Goats as no, as no. an artistic endeavor. What's the song called? No Children. Hmm. It's maybe the trend an is like song. maybe the trend is like beating up your younger sibling. Or well, something no. Like so that. the, the oh. song is about a dysfunctional marriage and, and like oh, okay. the, the big uh, like punch line if you will it's the one i hope you die i hope we both die you know you know i don't know okay all right it's a it's a phenomenal song okay outstanding um but like that yeah i mean and and he doesn't really he's not really offering a specific solution uh at all but like i I don't know he 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 is optimistic in the end i i was gonna say um that as far as like why this is happening He's blaming the industry, and you said you're kind of blaming the industry and also artistry. Uh, his point about artistry is that, like, a lot of times the music that is, you know, making its way through the the late record label system is like modeled after older, like proven formulas. Uh, and so, like, yeah, they don't want the artistry level to be too high because then it'll sound too different, and then mm-hmm. there's a chance that people might not like it and it might not sell. Uh, but I was, you know, reading this thinking like, well. I mean, streaming, just the availability of on-demand listening as opposed to turning on the radio and listening to whatever they play, I think it probably has a lot to do with it too. And people like me, like specifically what I'm doing is like I'm just sort of lazily defaulting to stuff that I know and love instead of like trying to find new stuff. And I'm mostly listening via Spotify. And I mean, I, I got to say that I got to assume that that's a big part of it right there so it's like it's the industry's fault but it's it's like the 
explosion in popularity of streaming that's also doing it. Yeah, well, I mean, imagine a scenario in the 1990s when we were, you know, teenagers or whatever, and if you didn't have to rely on the radio to hear the song that you wanted and you could Mm -hmm. just pull it up anytime on Spotify or YouTube or whatever... Mm But imagine all those times we sat around waiting to hear the song that we wanted to hear and then heard something else. I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of interesting, you know, and and that then opens up Mm -hmm. all of these other alleys. And I don't know that. Yeah. Like the algorithms of Spotify or whatever are really good at saying to that kid who decides, all right, well, I I liked Mm -hmm. that Mountain Goat song on TikTok. So I'm going to listen to it on Spotify. But then Spotify's next thing that it recommends to me is do a loop. (laughs) <laughs> fucking Foo Fighters or whatever. <laughs> right. Like, does Pandora still exist? Uh, I think so. Yeah, it's yeah, that, it's still I, a thing. I really liked how Pandora would work, where you know you put in something that you know you like, and it just finds similar stuff. And I actually did discover and, new and you music can skip that way. it if you right. you know, yeah, yeah. decide you don't like it. Yeah, like, that's really clever. Who does install? Uh, <laughs> I, I I think it's going to come from somewhere completely different. Mm-hmm. Kind of like he cites. Um, like Elvis was like yeah out of the blue mm-hmm. uh, jazz hip hop yeah. those movements were completely like the people in power the the execs mm-hmm. had no idea yeah they were yeah. like grassroots mm-hmm. right and well, so it's, punk in the 70s yeah. right. even though it grew in New York you know in London it wasn't of the entrenched powers there so what yeah what is that next scene that it's outside the view of Maybe it's actually interstice. <laughs> interstice. Maybe that's the problem. We've been looking in the wrong places. Yeah, we've been looking at scenes, but not interstices. <laughs> so I, I, mm-hmm. I think the uh, I think the solution is is we need to go see Mike Love no. um, <laughs> uh, at the Star Theater. And well, yeah. let's take a quick break. There were a few other mm-hmm. points in there that I want to get to, um, but uh, yeah, let's take a quick quick break, and we'll be right back. Strange Currencies podcast discussing, I, I don't know, like state of music the state in of 2022 music. or 20, something like that. Oh, well, yeah. Looking back on 2021. Well, we did that already. Sure. It didn't take long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, a <laughs> couple other points uh, kind of wanted to bring up. In hey, here. if uh, you have not looked at it, it's at the, it's on the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. You should check it out. It's uh, is Old Music Killing New Music by Ted Goya. Goya. G-I-O I think he's the guy who painted Saturn devouring his children <laughs> that's right yeah. his son yeah Gioia 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 G-I-O-I-A there it is alright old songs now represent 70% of the US market yeah and they define old as anything or, uh, older than two years okay. right yeah Oh, okay. um, yeah, that's right. There were a few things that were kind of interesting. <clears throat> the, the phrase that really kind of stuck with me more than anything else in there was the idea that what that represents in that 70% of the market share right now is quote unquote old music is a repudiation of the pop culture industry. Repudiation of the pop. Yeah. 
basically that the people are saying, if this is what you're going to give me, ah, nice. I reject it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And and one of the, the claims that is made in there is that even hit songs can go unheard by a very large like swath of the population. Mm-hmm. I, I can tell you, I don't think I've ever heard like a Cardi B song or uh, like, what is the other one that's like Cardi B? Mm. I don't know. They like feud or something. Uh, Megan the Stallion. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have never heard a song by either of those two people. I heard uh, WAP once. Yeah, uh-huh. it was great. But, it's pretty good. But other <laughs> than that, yeah, I have no idea. But yeah. but like that's and it's not like I'm not musically interested. Mm-hmm. It's just that exists in a whole different realm. Right. It's like I don't watch Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. and so therefore I don't know what. You can't follow you know, SpongeBob if you just start watching it in the middle of a season. Yeah, you gotta start yeah. at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's pretty complex. Right. But I, I guess what I'm saying is that music fans are kind of wholesale, in some ways, rejecting a lot of that stuff in a way that I don't think was happening 20 or 30. Like, to me, it doesn't seem like you could have escaped certain songs. Like, growing up in the 90s, there's, mm. there's no way. Somebody didn't hear that fucking closing time song. Sure. Right? Like, we all heard that. Smash Mouth came to mind. Yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. but like that kind of the ubiquitous right. hit. Even mm-hmm. the ubiquitous hit today still just sort of goes unheard by a lot of people. If those people are not listening to radio. Yeah. Are not watching MTV. Because MTV, when's the last mm-hmm. time MTV played a music video? Right. But, like, those avenues towards ubiquity just don't even exist. Commercials. Anymore. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um... To the point of where, you know, I don't know, I'll see, like, commercials, and there's references to these, and I'm, I don't know what the fuck, the, why that's supposed to be funny, you know? like yeah. I, I don't, But I don't think it's just me as, like, a 40-something-year-old white dude in, you know, a suburb. It's got to be part of it. Like, you were talking that about... That is part, but, but I think... I don't know, like... I, I don't want to believe that, first off, uh-huh. Tim. <laughs> and, and, I'm totally and I, comfortable with and, that. Well, and I throw, I'm only 39. <laughs> I know. And, and I throw the whole, like, uh, you know, I was really engaged in new music in 2020, and I wasn't in 2021. So, mm-hmm. you know, you don't typically, like, slowly... I mean, you typically slowly yeah, ease yeah. into it that. It's not like off. a light switch right. where mm-hmm. you flip it off, right? I'm old now. <laughs> but I would say, I don't think it's exclusive to... To us, per se. I, I think for younger people, mm-hmm. even if they're into good music, they probably still have some exposure to that stuff via social media, via say, TikTok, like, TikTok or TikTok. whatever, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But I will say in my line of work, which mm-hmm. Glenn is in the same line of work, I I observe this repudiation of pop culture all the time oh, yeah. among yeah. teenagers, among, among high school students. Yep. Mm, I have kids, you know, in, in my classes who who are definite like music fans, and they don't give a fucking rat's mm-hmm. ass about anything new. Right. Like I've got real legit music fan kids. The way that I was when I was in high school, you know, twenty whatever years ago. But I was like eating up, devouring all of this new, 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 new stuff. It was weird for me. Like the first album I ever bought that came out before I was born was uh, Nevermind the Bullocks. Nice. I remember thinking, like, as a sophomore in high school, it's so weird that I bought an album that came out <laughs> two years before I was born. Mm-hmm. But, like, all of these kids today, like, <laughs> they it. love... That's all, yeah. They love Nirvana. <laughs> they love, you know, Tribe Called Quest. They love Outkast. I love... <laughs> the paragraph in this article where he's talking about uh, someone at a retail store 
the youngster at the <laughs> cash register yeah. was singing along with Sting on Message in a Bottle. Yeah, I thought that was like, okay, that, that's like the definition of anecdotal evidence here, but, yeah. but still. <laughs> and then he says he's at a local diner, and, and uh, the entire staff was under 30, but every song was more than 40 years old. I asked my server, why are you playing this old music? She looked at me in surprise before answering, oh, I like these songs. I thought that was pretty hilarious because that does make him sound like a total, like a certain kind of boomer. Not like yeah. you kids and your new music. It's yeah. more like, why aren't you kids listening to new yeah. music? This is my Rebel music. Rebel against me, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I think you go into a record store, even like Music Millennium here locally, which a lot of the staff are younger, mm-hmm. and they're they're never listening to new music. They're listening yeah. to old people music. Like, <laughs> but but that is the thing. Like my my kids, both of my kids are both really into music. And yeah, like they're into to people like you know Phoebe Bridgers and Saint Vincent and who I mentioned already. But the stuff that they really, really know is generally older, mm-hmm. and that just seems to be very prominent amongst young young kids, which is weird because when I was in high school, and, and I'm guessing this is probably true, were people that you knew just like listening to a bunch of stuff from the '60s and '70s? I mean, I was listening to a lot of. Credence and Neil Young and Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, I mean, for in my experience, so I was in, let's see, I don't know, I, junior high school probably started in like 95, and I graduated in 2000 from high school. Baby. There were, like, there wasn't a good, like, alt, what was called alternative uh, rock, like new music station until around that, like, mid-90s uh, era. And so there was, like, classic rock and oldies on the radio. So yeah, actually I think some like the credence and that kind of thing were actually kind of, um, around in the consciousness. They were around, but would it have been like somebody's favorite band in your friend mm, group? Probably not the radio stuff, but like, I mean, you know, like McReynolds, uh, he's a like, special case. Yeah. Yeah. Like Beatles and beach boys and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and there were probably some others like that, but yeah, no, it was mostly like a lot of people were into Ben Folds five and stuff like that. You know, it was, it was mostly like current stuff. Yeah. I mean like in high mm-hmm. school, my, my friend circle, mm-hmm. we all loved, you know, Nirvana and yeah. pavement and mm-hmm. Weezer and stuff like that. And, and it's not that none of us listened to stuff that was older, but it mm-hmm. was, it was secondary. Yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah like that sure, was the sure. supporting cast, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know. There would have been, like, the, the stoner kids who were really into, like, the big three. Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, and The Doors. I was going to say, like, Zeppelin, like, there, maybe, there was yeah. that mm-hmm. crowd, but... And there was a big, like, tool contingent for yeah, me uh, in, yeah. in high school. Incubus. Tool. Incubus. Inc- I don't know. 311? Uh, 311. I definitely knew some people who were into 311, uh, yeah. Dude, I love 311. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do an episode on yeah. them. <laughs> I was just thinking about them, actually, because I've really only listened to the one album, uh, Transistor. Something about their like <laughs> rap rock thing. It, it has to do with their actual instrumental prowess combined with this like intense youth pastor energy. <laughs> youth pastor energy. Case yeah. in point on an on an on a podcast episode about 2021, we're talking about 311 right now. <laughs> yeah. They're still wow. out there, man. They're yeah. still working. Wow. Right, okay. <laughs> They're still killing it. Mm. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. But but just, it's weird to me. Like, when I see a student in my classroom with a, uh, like, concert shirt or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's... I mean, first off, it's not a concert shirt. They, you know, probably yeah. got it at Target or whatever. Or, or but it is... Yeah. Absolutely. It is going to be the Led Beatles, Zeppelin. Rolling Stones, Nirvana. S- something that... 
ACDC. Way, way predates their existence. Right. Sure. Is there a thing with Nirvana, like the smiley face logo where kids wear it and they don't actually know what Nirvana is, though? Is that the whole, like, name three songs? Or yeah, right. Well, yeah, <laughs> or just like they like the smiley face. I, I feel like know. that might have been a thing. I don't know, though. No, it's just, a, it is it is a thing right now that everybody's wearing old band t-shirts. It's just... But it's because they're listening to the music, though. Yeah, some, and and again, like, this whole thing... Chicken is, or the egg, are they listening to the music because they got this cool shirt at... There, I mean, there was, in the 90s, there was definitely, like, a 70s retro kind of fad. Like, that 70s bit. show. Well, uh, there, there was the, you know, like, what you would call, like, the 20-year yeah, recycling cycle right, thing. Right. Which doesn't mm-hmm. exist anymore. Like, to me, that, that whole thing, I don't know, is there 90s nostalgia now? Yeah, I mean, that's what we're sure. talking about. I guess we're, we're yeah. all really excited about going to see Pavement, I, yeah. I guess. <laughs> that's um, right. Um, which, because fucking Pavement is amazing. But, I mean, but, you're just talking about, like, kids wearing Nirvana shirts. That's, yeah. I mean, it's more like 30 years now, but yeah. uh, it's still kind of happening. Yeah. I don't know. I think, like, for me, Look, this Yeah, is just I, I guess technically I, now I have to mentally recalibrate. Here, right. Because 20 years ago is 2002. I was going to say, and yeah. And what is... I hit the wall right around 2000, right around graduating high school time. And so, like, for me, the 90s was the last decade that has a personality in terms of music. Like, everything beyond that is just, like, amorphous and, like, mm. I don't even know mm. how you would define 2000s music or 2010s mm. or Dance 20s. Punk. Yeah, I don't even know. Uh, so like maybe the, for me, the cycle is over. Like I'm not going to be nostalgic for something from 2005, you know, in a couple years or whatever. So I don't know. Maybe younger people will. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Like but the if, killers. But if, maybe. but if what they were listening to then was basically just like mm-hmm. recycled eighties nostalgia. Yeah. I don't know. Then maybe they just go back to the source of the eighties rather than the two thousands. I don't know. I don't know. But kind of swinging back around to the article, like, oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, he is sort of hung up on the idea of the record industry being this all powerful thing that, you know, maybe could solve this problem if they wanted to. And like, that is kind of an antiquated idea. And he is, I mean, he talks about boomers, but he's a boomer. Yeah. You know, uh, and he's sort of hung up on that. But he admits um, the reality of it is, yeah. is that the the industry is not going to know where it's coming right, from next. Right. That's the that's the point. But like if he's if he's um you know his point about like with Elvis and and with uh, like hip hop mm-hmm. where the record industry like discovers that stuff late and tries to keep up mm-hmm. or tries to catch up and then like they exploit it. Like it sounds like that's what he's saying is going to happen. Like the the good stuff is going to leak out by other means, but then the industry is going to you know envelop it and and try to capitalize on it and then that'll yeah. save the industry yeah he no. says he says musical revolutions come from the bottom up not the top down yeah the ceos are the last to know that's what gives me solace new music always arises in the least expected place and when the mm-hmm. power brokers aren't even paying attention but the implication i think is that the the power brokers will eventually like tap into it yeah oh, we gotta we gotta catch up and i don't think that's gonna happen yeah. I think the power brokers mm-hmm. are going to continue to milk the Beatles because they yeah. can. Mm-hmm. And if they're running a business, they should, I suppose. Yeah. But the thing that's different now from the examples that it gives about you know Elvis or hip-hop or, mm-hmm. or what have you is today the creative people can segue into being the distributors of said content. Oh, yeah. Like mm-hmm. much easier than you could even in our time mm-hmm. in the 90s. Yeah. Like you know, we would have loved the whole idea of be able to record something and have it out there on, on SoundCloud yeah. like that afternoon. Mm-hmm. Like that would have blown our minds, yeah. you know, as, as high school students. 
And that exists now. And I think, you know, to me, this whole notion of looking to the music industry to be saved or looking mm-hmm. yeah. at CEOs to save the whole notion, fuck that. Oh, yeah. Let the music industry, as, as we know it, die. <laughs> totally. And, and let small labels and, mm-hmm. and let, you know, self-distributed stuff take it over. What that means is we may no longer have any, you know... Grammy U2s awards. or anything <laughs> in which you have a band that can own private oh jets or whatever. <laughs> but who gives a rat's ass? Right. Like, we don't need mm-hmm. that. You mentioned Phoebe. They don't need that. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Phoebe Bridgers. It's funny because uh, she has her own label now and she put out the Sloppy Jane album mm-hmm. on that label. And yeah, it's like, well, I don't know anything about Phoebe Bridgers. I don't know if her previous albums came out on major labels or not, but like, no. it seems like she's not even involved in that whole thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and she's an example of an artist who has done a lot of things right. I think when it comes to like her music is good, but like just sort of that personality mm-hmm. aspect of it, you know, like super active on social media yeah. and does a lot mm-hmm. of like collaborations with other right. artists, some who are way better known than she is and some mm-hmm. that she's way better known than. So yeah. it's kind of like that mentor slash beneficiary sort of thing. And, and mm-hmm. I think in some ways that's, that's the way you build a sustainable yeah. career. You don't go running into the arms of, you know, Clive Davis anymore, you mm-hmm. know, um, and, and, you know, hope that Capitol Records is going to notice you yeah. and that you're going to sell a million albums because <laughs> yeah. you're going to sell a million albums, sure, but you're going to make like 45 bucks off of that. Yeah. He had a funny point in the article where he's like, try to send a demo to a major label. You'll, they'll send it right back unopened. I'm like, what do people do that? <laughs> like, why would you send a physical demo? First of all. Yeah. And second, like these labels aren't accepting submissions. Like yeah. it just seemed like a really silly example. Y- yeah. Well, yeah. And they don't take anything unsolicited. <laughs> yeah. And good. They're doing you a favor by not listening to it. Right. Like, Put it out there yourself. He's talking about litigious, uh, yeah. litigious uh, nature of the Thanks current. again, Mike Love. Yeah. Mike Love killed it. That's why. That was kind of a, I guess, kind of a tangent in the article. Yeah, just, I don't know how it really. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. He, he was it, saying it was that, kind of a dumb point of people just don't want to write new music anymore because well, they're afraid of getting sued. Because like, then write if something maybe they that doesn't rip something else off. Exactly. Yeah. His point was like. It sounded like he was saying like a, a record label person could listen to a demo and then subconsciously you know, that'll be in their head and then they write something and it's a little too similar to that demo and then they right. get sued. And it's like, that seems like a really weird, specific situation. <laughs> <laughs> Suspiciously specific, yeah. yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, hey, <laughs> let's take one more break and we'll come back to wrap it all up. any good either <laughs> yeah hey i was bringing... both of you suck at bringing us back in i think uh, i just need to do yeah, it yeah maybe that should be your job hey uh i don't know job security or something hey, I don't know. Good at something tim doesn't knock us out of here man i i don't know depression there's the music industry is dying maybe that's good it's a great let thing it, yeah let it exactly let because it let right. it die and let something else come back and take its place like not music but just yeah. the industry as we know it and, and that kind of brings actually i wanted to mention this earlier but that whole idea of jazz being a quote-unquote dead oh, yeah. genre mm-hmm. uh, of you know 
folk music being a dead genre. Cool. Fine. Let That's pop nice. music be a dead genre. Yeah. Let us spend the next five or ten years in the wilderness going back and discovering all of the great stuff that we missed out on and then let some new voices kind of like mm-hmm. rekindle that fire at a different point. Um, I do love every once in a while discovering like and an, like a current act that is basically jazz but is like just out there and weird but like yeah like it's a dead genre so to speak certain, but like just like with reggae you know there's like Mike Love's out there doing reggae now yeah. <laughs> and there's like weirdos doing jazz but it's not like um, there's no attention being paid to it it's not yeah. like and let, let it's the not pure, marketable let the purists rediscover their, their mm-hmm. love of it and, and yeah. something else grows from it mm-hmm. it's yeah and as live music comes back maybe there maybe there will be opportunities to discover yeah maybe and you know what if pop music really is dead then fuck later I mean hey look what it gave us right yeah. I mean mm-hmm. we got a nice so. 60 year 60 70 year history of stuff to be able to go back and and find everything that we missed the first time around. Hey, um, Strange Currencies music, what's happening? Uh, I don't know. We were out of time, but we're really like, that That song was over a minute ago. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well. Just, just play it again. Just like awkward pause. <laughs> Pre-war month. Pre-war month. Pre-war. Yeah. Pre-war okay. month is coming. Yes. It's just here. Rediscovery. It's here. That's Rediscovering right. the Next old. month, yep. we're at war. Rediscovering the old. Yeah. <laughs> is that what you meant? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. I'm Glenn. I'm Matt. I'm uh, Tim. Thank you. Yeah, nailed it. Forgot almost.